Welcome to The Great Reset, a podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at how we can build a cleaner, fairer, smarter world after COVID-19. This week, The Great Reset is coming to you from the World Economic Forum's Sustainable Development Impact Summit. It's an experience over four days of 80 individual discussions. This year's summit will be fully virtual, and we've pretty much tripled the participation of previous years. Tripled to nearly 4,000 people from business, governments, and international organizations who will all be joining the discussions on how the world can achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, the goals on improving and even saving the world by 2030. You can follow much of the discussions online at weforum.org and across our social network feeds. It's Monday the 21st of September, day one of the summit, and we'll be posting podcasts bringing you daily highlights from the discussions, as well as interviews with people passionate about improving the state of the world who will tell us more about those SDGs and why they're so important for us and the planet and for them personally. We can have on the one hand tremendous technological progress and on the other hand immense deprivation, immense inequality, immense poverty and these two things exist side by side. I am really animated by the deep desire to bridge these gaps. I'm Robin Pomeroy, Digital Editor at the World Economic Forum, and with daily coverage of the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, this is The Great Reset. In 2015, the United Nations set 17 ambitious goals for the world to achieve by 2030. The Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, include eradicating hunger and poverty, getting healthcare and education to all, reducing inequality, providing decent employment and economic growth, and saving the environment and acting against climate change. The World Economic Forum Sustainable Development Impact Summit, which usually takes place in New York around the time of the UN General Assembly, aims to not only take stock of progress towards these goals, but, more importantly, to bring people together to find ways of achieving them. This year, the COVID-19 pandemic has put the Sustainable Development Goals on things such as inequality, the environment and healthcare into sharper focus. But the massive economic shock caused by the pandemic also means those goals will be harder to achieve than ever before. In this episode, we'll be hearing from a prominent campaigner for disability rights on why the SDGs are so important. But first, I asked Terry Toyota, one of the event's organisers and a member of the World Economic Forum's Executive Committee, to remind us what the initials SDI stand for. So this is the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, SDIS in fact, and it's the marketplace really for great public-private solutions that um, help promote a sustainable future. It's an experience over four days of 80 individual discussions. Some are more public-facing and context-setting that lead into deeper dive discussions on concrete issues such as sustainable cities or jobs or the circular economy or the progress on COVID vaccines. And it's all about providing the exposure and connecting individuals and organizations to achieve the the necessary scale. This edition is our fourth experience and under the banner of realizing a great reset for sustainable development, this year's summit will be fully virtual. By embracing the possibilities of, of digital, we've significantly expanded our participation. So it's going to be more open and diverse than ever. And we've pretty much tripled the participation of previous years with nearly 4,000 people from businesses, governments, international organizations, uh, technology experts, and, and youth. 
and equally representing the broadest in geographic diversity, generational, and a wide set of perspectives and viewpoints, more than we've ever had. So this is a summit that's been running for a few years now. And before COVID-19, it was done in the flesh in New York and time to coincide with the United Nations General Assembly. This year it's virtual, but that's not the only impact from COVID-19, right? Absolutely. And you mentioned the context. So COVID-19 has obviously affected each one of us as individuals, but it's had a devastating impact on the progress towards the sustainable development goals. So the key themes like shared prosperity and harnessing technology, better business, livable planet, and catalyzing cooperation really signal that this decade ahead of us requires the most collective mobilization, uh, probably of, of our lifetimes, to affect this kind of ambitious change. And this is what's required from all of us. And the Impact Summit helps to demonstrate that it's not unsurmountable and that there are practical concrete solutions out there. And we hope that that's what everyone wants to uh, join and be on that side of history. So how do you measure the success of an event like this? The effect of the Impact Summit is is already happening. Uh, We've already created quite a buzz on our website. So I encourage everybody to visit our website where we've had over 200,000 viewers to some of our analytics and materials. But coming out, I really hope that what we've provided is a stage for those voices not generally heard and for our participants to have taken that on board, perhaps influenced some of their perspectives and most importantly, inspired them to, to act and to actually join some of these very practical and best examples of public-private cooperation. Um, that we are able to showcase. And for our listeners or viewers, because people can listen and watch a lot of these sessions on our website, reform.org and across our social media feeds, are there any things that particularly stand out as potential highlights of the week? Some of the highlights that I think will be of broader interest are things like a new standard for social justice or pathways for an economic reset. We're going to be talking about common metrics and reporting for Uh, sustainable business. We're going to be talking about frontier technologies and making net zero a possibility. So those are some of the highlights. Well, good luck with the week. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, Terry Toyota. Thank you so much. You're listening to a special edition of The Great Reset on day one of the World Economic Forum's Sustainable Development Impact Summit. We'll be right back after this news of another podcast you might be interested in. You should be skeptical of of any vaccine. I think you should be skeptical of anything you put into your body. I think what you shouldn't be is cynical. On this week's World vs. Virus podcast, Anti-Vaxxers, is public skepticism about vaccines a big enough problem to put the whole quest for a global vaccine against COVID-19 at risk? If you don't believe that the virus is what it is, you know, why would you even bother with a vaccine? We talked to Professors Paul Offit, the co-inventor of a vaccine, and Heidi Larson, who tracks rumours and lies about vaccinations. Some of the sentiments around vaccines resistors and questioners are very much aligned with some of the issues around populism. That's the fight against anti-vaxxers on World vs. Virus. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Robin Pomeroy at the World Economic Forum and this is World vs. Virus. And this is the Great Reset from the World Economic Forum's Sustainable Development Impact Summit. Edward Ndopu was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy at age two and given only three years to live. Now aged 30, he's gone on to become an award-winning disabilities advocate who's got the ear of the UN Secretary-General. 
My colleague Chris Alessi spoke to him in the first of his daily interviews this week for the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, and he started by asking him what the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, mean to him. I think it's important to recognise that the 17 goals for sustainable development are part of a broader agenda that was adopted and approved by 193 member states in 2015. And essentially, the goals are indivisible from one another. They're interdependent. And it's all in service of um, creating a world that is truly inclusive and that is um, sustainable. We know that COVID has revealed the profound inequities that already existed. The same communities that are experiencing the worst of the climate crisis and, of course, various forms of injustice and inequality. And so given that certain communities live at the intersection of a multitude of uh, crises, it, it becomes incumbent upon us as as advocates for the Sustainable Development Goals to ensure that we think about the goals in a intersectional and holistic manner. The other thing to note, too, is that prior to COVID, the world was not really focusing on healthcare infrastructure. We know that that is embedded in the third sustainable development goal, that is health and wellness for everyone. But the fact that we didn't pay much attention to that, I think, is emblematic rather of this tendency to compartmentalize and to isolate the goals from one another. And so if we are going to be ready for the next pandemic, it really becomes important that we think about the goals simultaneously and revisit the policy methodologies. What do the goals and the sustainable agenda more broadly mean to you personally? I am a young person, a young person from the continent of Africa. I'm a person of color. I'm a person with a disability. So the goals to me personally, it is... It's a blueprint for creating a world where I'm able to see myself reflected. I think the goals offer humanity a pathway for making sure that all voices are equally and adequately amplified, right? And I think that we have a unique window of opportunity right now to bridge the gap between what we call international development and what we call social justice. So what would you say are some of the challenges in advancing that agenda, in helping these marginalized and vulnerable communities and bridging the divide you talk about? We are presented with an opportunity to go beyond the minimum threshold. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. So right now, there are various estimates that say between 200 and 500 million people could be plunged into extreme poverty as a result of the global um, health pandemic that we are living through. I find it curious that so many millions of people could be plunged into into extreme poverty because what that says is that our, our metrics before was not adequate, right? The fact that people who converged from living on an existence of $1 a day to say $3 a day, that that is not adequate uh, in terms of resilience, right? And that people were already precarious and already made vulnerable. And so I think that the opportunity now is to be able to go back to the drawing board and revisit these metrics that we use and go beyond what I call the zero 
mentality, right? This idea that the minimum threshold is good enough because ultimately that doesn't provide the kind of resilience the most vulnerable and marginalized communities need in order to live a life of dignity and a life that, that, that is able to withstand these various shocks that we are talking through. So I think the invitation that's embedded in this moment is really calling upon policymakers and activists really think about what does an integrated policy landscape look like, right? Because we, we know that people don't live single issue lives. People embody a multiplicity of experiences. Um, and the fact that we don't account for that in our discourse means that, that, that there is a gap there in the policymaking process. So I think one of the ways that we're able to bridge the gap between social justice and international development is really to do that work of excavation, right? Of really accounting for the social and economic contours um, of the lives of the most vulnerable communities, and then incorporate that into the method that we use for um, thinking through policy and arriving at certain policy interventions. I think the second thing is that we cannot underestimate the importance of representation. And so where the agenda of the planet is being shaped, we need to ensure that the, that the representatives in those rooms look like the communities that we are advocating um, on behalf of. Tell me please about some of the unique solutions you're working on to do that excavation work and to advance policies that are more holistic in nature. So I have launched um, an organization, a not-for-profit organization called Beyond Zero. And it really follows um, this methodology work that I referenced earlier. I work with uh, leaders, both in the public and the private sector, to help them identify ways that they can increase, raise that threshold and what that looks like, I'll give you a practical example. The communities, my constituencies are, uh, are mostly people living with disabilities. And so when I sit down with a Fortune 500 CEO with the head of state, what I'm saying to them is that we need to go beyond compliance. We need to go beyond just the ramp or beyond Braille or beyond sign language to really think about access beyond the built environment. So what does access to productivity look like? To economic participation, where disabled people feel as though they are productive, valuable members of society, going beyond um, sort of the tick box exercise of compliance. Participation doesn't just begin and end with a ramp or with Braille. What keeps you up at night in terms of trying to make progress on all of this? What keeps me up at night, I think, is really... The fear that people are already being left behind, right? Like at the United Nations, we use this mantra, you leave nobody behind, and it's sort of become a buzzword. But I think if we are honest with ourselves, there are so many people that are already left behind. I, I just about the fact that that could have been me, right? Like I, have a master's from Oxford, but I'm always deeply aware of the fact that 90% of children with disabilities across the developing world have never seen the inside of a classroom, right? And, and that is quite jarring. And it's really an overwhelming thought and an overwhelming recognition of the state of the world that we can have on the one hand, tremendous technological progress in the form of the fourth industrial revolution. And on the other hand, we can have immense deprivation, immense inequality, immense 
poverty and these two things exist side by side in the world that we live in. And so I am really animated by the deep desire to bridge these gaps. I'm still young. I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. And I, you know, was given a prognosis of five, right? So I've already lived my, outlived myself by 25 years. So the fact that I'm even having this conversation with you, I think is a testament to, you know, my own resilience, but also to the forces of possibility. And so there's still so much work to be done. And, and I want to be as active and involved as I possibly can for however much longer I'm, I'm around for. With UN Week coming up in conjunction with our Sustainable Development Impact Summit, what do you really hope leaders will be addressing and discussing with regards to making progress on the SDGs? This is a sobering moment, an opportunity for leaders to take stock of our collective failure to really make the world better for people who don't see themselves reflected in it. And so it is my profound hope that leaders meeting on the occasion of this 75th anniversary of the GA think about the goals, not just as a milestone to reach, but really as a turning point to put humanity on an entirely new trajectory. Um, and a trajectory that that really is in service of, of everyone. And I'm not sure how many chances we have left to be able to do that. It's sort of now or never. Edward Ndopu was speaking to Chris Alessi. Chris will be back tomorrow, day two of the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, where he'll be talking to Jacqueline Fuller, who's the head of Google.org, the web giant's philanthropy arm. Here's a taste of what she has to say about the Sustainable Development Goals. The SDGs to me are a great way to look at data, help prioritize and stack rank, and then galvanize the world to say, what can we do together? Google's Jacqueline Fuller on tomorrow's Great Reset podcast. For full coverage of the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, please visit wef.ch slash SDI20. And there's plenty more across our social media feeds, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, and on Twitter, using the handle at WF and the hashtag SDI20. For more podcasts, please visit wef.ch slash podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Chris Alessi, to Linda Lucina and to Gareth Nolan. And thanks to you for listening. For now, from me, goodbye.